1: rotowire daily fantasy podcast week six in the nfl fast approaching as we record on this friday morning i'm nick whalen Uh, i'm joined today as i always am on fridays by rotowire's chris Benzine. chris a little bit of an upset last night as the atlanta falcons no longer undefeated they fell to new orleans 31 21 i know you watched uh most of that game first of all how's it going second of all give me your thoughts on that thursday night matchup
2: it's going good nick yeah i did see a lot of that game last night and definitely a big surprise seeing uh benjamin watson throw back to his old self i i guess technically old self i don't even know if there was ever really a time in his career where he was able to put up you know 10 10 catches last night i think over 100 yards and a touchdown i mean can't uh the young gun getting it done uh,
1: getting it done for new orleans but big win for the saints i mean it It's hard to say anything's a must-win in Week Six, but I mean you're looking at a New Orleans team that got off to a terrible start. They're not playing very well at home. Uh, You know, over the last couple seasons, that the the Superdome doesn't really seem to be the same advantage that maybe it was uh, three or four years ago. But a big win uh, at home. The Atlanta offense didn't play that bad. I mean, you look at the numbers. Matt Ryan, 30 of 44, 295 yards, two touchdowns. He was sacked five times. Devontae Freeman got to 100 yards. He had a couple touchdowns, one receiving, one rushing. Julio Jones, no touchdowns again this week, but ninety-three yards. You know, still a decent output with ten targets. Um, Atlanta just turned the ball over three, three lost fumbles. They had a blocked punt that resulted in a touchdown earlier in this game, um, and they just, I just don't think they're ever really able to recover from that.
2: No, definitely not. And, and Breeze, uh, Breeze was definitely efficient last night. Thirty of thirty-nine, three hundred and twelve yards. He kept. He didn't throw any interceptions uh they that like you said the turnover battle there probably was a big determining factor and it was definitely huge for the saints given their i mean they were in desperation mode probably maybe uh sean payton may have been coaching for his job last night and may have saved it by getting that victory over the falcons
1: you really think I, I, I'm not questioning you? I know you don't have any insider sources with this, but I mean, do you really think that that was a possibility if they, you know, say they get blown out at home last night? That maybe Sean Payton wakes up this morning and he's not the coach of the New Orleans Saints?
2: There was uh, they were talking about that, so I I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. Like, if they're starting one in five this year, I don't know. It, it may be, it may not have been necessarily right after the game, but they um i
1: wouldn't have been surprised if i mean this win definitely helps his cause at least well there was kind of weird reports coming out earlier this week uh mostly on thursday leading up to this game that sean payton was you know open to listening to other opportunities and it sounded like there might almost be like kind of a mutual parting where you know sean payton and the saints just i don't know if he i don't know if war out his welcome is the right word because it doesn't really sound like there's much hostility there i think it's just kind of a you know the franchise maybe is ready to move in another direction he might be ready to do the same and you know, I think it'd be interesting. Like, I I don't know if there would have been like a season jump to another team. I, I don't. I think that's fairly unprecedented. Um, I know his name has come up, as has just about everybody's name. I, I think I even heard Chris Benzie might be a candidate for the USC job. Uh, you know, when that when that's expected to open up on a full time basis this off season. But yeah, I mean, even you know, even if this New Orleans Saints team. You know, turns things around and is able to get to eight or nine wins. I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the future really holds for Sean Payton, and I don't really know what the future holds for this franchise as long as Drew Brees is the quarterback. Um, yeah, I don't think he's really, he hasn't really reached the the Peyton Manning territory. You know, where it's just, it's just kind of ugly to watch. But you know, that team's still getting it done. Um, but at the same time, you know, he's certainly not the quarterback of the future for this franchise or, or for any franchise really.
2: Yeah, no, he's definitely, he's not a young quarterback anymore, and. He's uh but he's he's still been pretty efficient. I mean, he's been pretty good for the most part this year, but there's just not enough pieces on that team to be competitive generally. So mm-hmm. it definitely has some issues to work out, but uh it I mean as of right now it doesn't look like anyone's going anywhere at the moment at least.
1: No, no, not not right now. And you know, winning kinda of cures all when it comes to things like that. Um, so let's get into our Week Six value plays. Uh, we'll be using DraftKings values for these. Um, you know, obviously the, the the salaries don't match up exactly. DraftKings, FanDuel, whatever site that you're that, that you're playing on, but oftentimes they are similar. So you know, we hope that even if you're not playing on DraftKings this weekend, you'll still be able to get uh, some nice takeaways from our chat here. Thirteen games on Sunday and Monday. Uh, obviously with the Thursday night game now out of the way, four teams on buys. What that means. Those teams are Dallas, Oakland, St. Louis, and Tampa Bay. Um, so you know a couple a couple decent offenses, a couple skill position players uh, maybe missing this week. But you, know, you look at a team like Dallas with with Romo and and Des Bryant out. Probably not a ton of guys that you're really you know rostering on that offense. Um, you know, same goes for Oakland. Derek Carr, Amari Cooper, uh, and Latavius Murray are probably the big three there. and and st louis that offense has kind of been up and down not much to like in that receiving core uh so you know as far as bye weeks go most of the big names will still be out on the field with four teams uh sitting this week out but anyway let's get into our week six values we'll start of course with the quarterback position tom brady the most expensive this week rogers slips back to second i I think aaron Rodgers had held the title of the highest priced player uh every week since week one and now Tom Brady knocks him off. He's at eighty-one hundred. They take on Indianapolis, and in what should be a very interesting game, I think, to say the least. That's a Sunday night game, I believe. Correct? Yes, I, I believe right. That's the case. And Andrew Luck priced third. He's at seventy-six hundred, just a hundred cheaper than Rodgers. Um, a pretty big drop off after that. You know, you start getting into the high six thousand range. Uh, so if you want one of those top two quarterbacks, you know, if you if you consider Luck an elite option this week coming off the injury, uh, you know, he's an option as well. But if you're going with one of those top three, uh, who do you who do you like out of those, out of Brady, Rodgers, and Luck, Chris?
2: Yeah, I'd, I definitely would go with Brady in that matchup. I mean, the Colts are allowing uh, the fifth most passing yards per game this season, and the game's in a dome there, so that's definitely beneficial. Don't have to have, uh, deal with any of the factors around there that you would be dealing with if you were in uh, Gillette Stadium there in New England. Uh, there's a lot of injury issues in the Colts rece- uh, linebacking core, so... I could see uh I could see Brady getting a lot having a lot of passes going to Gronk and some of those running backs out of the backfield but in general I mean just Brady's a pretty the combination of Brady and Belichick there's a big it's a mastermind and just can uh they they can really put up points there so I could definitely see that game and the Colts trying to keep up. I mean, it at the Col- the the Patriots are probably still going to have to score some points because it sounds like Andrew Luck's going to be back this week. So if that's the case, the Colts may be able to score some points, but uh, the the Patriots I think will be scoring more in that game.
1: Yeah, I think everyone agrees that this is just the next stop on the New England revenge tour uh, as it pulls through Indianapolis this week. Cam Newton is priced at sixty seven hundred. The Panthers are at Seattle. Uh, that's the undefeated four and zero. Carolina Panthers who really haven't faced much as far as uh, you know strength of schedule Jacksonville Houston New Orleans and Tampa Bay Uh, so a pretty soft first four weeks they're coming off the bye week what I really like about Cam Newton is the number of rushing attempts that he's had this season and you know the yardage totals really haven't been there he he did get to 76 yards uh, against Houston in week two but you know, he's, he's averaged, I think, over, it looks like over 10 attempts per game. Just one game he's been below 10 attempts so far, had 12 attempts in that last game before the bye against Tampa Bay. And, you know, I think even if he's not getting into, you know, 50, 60, 70 yards, those, are, those opportunities are going to come. You know, when you keep feeding him the ball uh, in those short yardage situations, especially he becomes such a dangerous weapon by the goal line. So he's having a nice year passing, but I'm just glad to see him getting back uh, to focusing on the run game after last year. I think they tried to turn him into a passer a little bit more.
2: Yeah, I mean, he was definitely when he came out of college in Auburn, he was a he was a definitely a big uh, running quarterback as well as passing. So he was definitely a big part of his game. So they he still he did that a lot even in his rookie year. I believe he, he set a lot of records that year as a quarterback. And so, he, but uh, he kind of got away from that, I think, to try to limit the injury risk. But with the guys that are have gone down this year in the receiving core and the, just the lack of options there
1: they've kind of returned back that's putting it pretty nicely i think yeah uh lack of
2: options there they uh they they've gone back to more cam newton on the ground especially i mean jonathan stewart hasn't been like extremely effective there and d'angelo williams is now gone so i mean they've uh they've been focused on cam newton again back in the run game a little bit more they've they've added him back into that and it's been effective they're undefeated so far so
1: they are i mean they, they're not they don't choose their own schedule uh, and you know with atlanta losing now first place in that division i guess technically on the line uh but, but certainly a tough matchup against a seattle team that's just as desperate uh for a win paid mannings at 6600 uh this week on DraftKings. There at cleveland carson palmer also at 6600 arizona goes up against pittsburgh after that that beatdown of uh of Detroit last week it, well, it's a very sorry Lions team we'll talk about uh we'll talk about them in a little bit um which are those two guys Peyton Manning or Carson Palmer I think we can agree Carson Palmer's playing much better football um but you know daily games don't re- typically penalize for interceptions and, and that's kind of been uh Manning's Achilles heel he's still he's still effective he's still probably the best mind in the game you know you, you still see him reading the line of scrimmage as, as well as he ever has maybe the arm strength that isn't, isn't there but He's still getting things done, and you know Denver's undefeated. Yeah, I mean both of those games are on the road, so there's not really anything big takeaway. And
2: you like to sometimes favor te- guys at home. Neither of them are indoors, so those are both games that are outdoor. You have to deal with the weather, whatever that may be. Doesn't look like either of them have, from what I'm seeing, doesn't look like either of them have too big of like uh, too big of uh, like weather factors that should oh, no. impact the game at all. So uh, these two guys, I mean. I don't know, I just given on the past performance, I mean, it would be a, ri- a lot riskier probably to go with Peyton Manning because he hasn't performed up to snuff so far this season. I mean, he's three touchdowns week two, then two, then one, then zero. Last week against Oakland, he's kind of been, seems like declining even more. His, you can tell that that arm strength's not there anymore. It, the mind's there, but the arm strength isn't necessarily there. So even though he does have some big weapons there still with Demaryius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders um and so those two guys those two big receivers there i i think i would still lean towards arizona because they have some really good weapons as well and carson palmer still seems even though he is a veteran as well he's not to the age of peyton manning he still seems to have a little more of that arm strength and he he's looked like one of the best quarterbacks in the nfl so far this season right I, he's
1: been throwing that deep ball as well as anybody you know that quick strike arizona offense has kind of caught a lot of teams off guard early in the season Andy Dalton priced at fifty seven hundred. I don't know if maybe, uh, you know, maybe DraftKings doesn't like that matchup going up against the, the Bills defense. But with the Buffalo offense likely without Tyrod Taylor this week, um, yeah, you know, that that defense is going to probably be on the field quite a bit, which you like to think bodes well for 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 opportunities for Andy Dalton to put up points. Who are you favoring in this matchup, Andy Dalton or that Bills D?
2: Yeah, uh, I think. I was just going to throw some stats out here first, but throw them out. Uh, yeah, you got Andy Dalton. Uh, he's thrown for over 320 yards in each of the last three games. He, but he's just thrown for only six touchdowns total. It's not a terrible output, obviously, but uh, I think three of them came in one of the games, and then so he, he's definitely not like racking up touchdowns at least passing. Uh, he has also thrown two picks, and the Bills' defense has had an interception in every game outside of the Patriots game and they've had exactly two sacks in all but one week, which seems kind of odd that in five weeks you've had exactly two sacks in four of them but um but there's not much production as much production as you'd think is that bill's defense was that d line and all just in general that defense is supposed to be pretty good so um and it looks also looks like there's some potential for rain in that game so if i if I factor in some of those things i I still like Andy Dalton's weapons around him, but uh if it does, like there's rain that could impact the game and could become more of a sloppier game there, I might be willing. I, I do like the price of Andy Dalton at 5700. They definitely are seem to be like docking him for playing the Bills this week. But um, if if the weather turns out to be okay, I might be willing to go with Andy Dalton. But uh, if that game does have rain, as as what I'm seeing here it shows, uh, that there could be some rain in that game. And if it if it does get like rain and messy it might be worth just sticking off of him for the week.
1: Yeah, give me a couple other quarterbacks. Uh, I don't know if Andy Dalton's necessarily a guy that you're looking to avoid, like you said, at that price. Uh, it's kind of hard to toss in that category, but who are a couple guys that you're going to stay away from in daily games this weekend?
2: Yeah, I'm, uh, as I mentioned, there's those top three guys there. We have uh, Brady, Rodgers, and Luck is third, and I might stick away from Andrew Luck this week because he's he was questionable coming in with a shoulder issue. I mean, he's expected to uh, I think he's like he's geared, He's moving towards playing. It seems more likely he's going to play this week. But uh, he's also fa- facing a Patriots defense that's allowed 21 or less points in three of the four games. And T.Y. Hilton was added to the injury report this week with a groin issue. So he might be without his top target. And even if he does play, it, it, it's possible that T.Y. Hilton will also be limited. And given the shoulder issue that uh, Luck's coming off of, that it, it just might be – It would be very risky to go with him at that, especially at that price as the third ranked or third most expensive quarterback there that. And uh, it's just I think it'd be too risky to
1: be worth it at that price. All right, let's move on to the running back position. First guy I want to talk about is Marshawn Lynch. He's priced up at sixty nine hundred this week. Uh, Obviously, that's a nice price. And that's the sixth highest amongst running backs. Le'Veon Bell, the clear number one. This week, he's at 8,500. That's 700 more than the number two guy. That happens to be Jamal Charles. Um, you know, Hopefully, anybody who's playing on DraftKings this weekend knows to keep Jamal Charles out of the lineup. Something tells me he probably won't be playing. Um, do you trust Marshawn Lynch in his first game back after missing the last two? I mean, Marshawn Lynch
2: is still beast mode. So, I mean, he's definitely... If if he's healthy and willing, able to go, I mean he's he's been productive when healthy for the most part. But I mean he has he has slowed down a bit this year because that offensive line for the Seahawks hasn't been as good as in past years. But the Panthers, I believe, have have allowed a decent amount of yardage on the ground this season. Uh, actually, no, they haven't allowed a ton of yards, but they've allowed four touchdowns in four games. I mean, uh, so the, a touchdown rushing per game on there. So They've they haven't allowed a ton of yard ninety two yards per game but that defense is going to have I believe Luke Keekley back this week so might be on a pitch count might be on um, a pitch count apparently but, he's going to be pitching yeah but uh, having him in there as a leader of the defense might uh, have another resurgence there for that I mean the defense has still been pretty good without him even Josh Norman's been good but that that more of impacts the passing game obviously than the rushing game so.
1: Um, I, mean, I guess for, for me, it's not really about the matchup so much. You know, it's just, can't, yeah. is Marshawn Lynch going to get the touches? Marshawn Lynch is good enough uh, that, I mean, obviously you have to factor in uh, who the opponent is. But I think if he's healthy, he's a, kind of a must-start. And, you know, obviously there's no, really no such thing as a must-start in daily games. Um, but even if you're using him in a season-long league and he's going to be the guy, it's a very tough guy to keep out of your lineup. I just wonder... Is he going to come back and be getting you know ninety ninety five percent of the carries like he was uh, before the injury and and like he has in the past or you know Thomas Rawls has played really well the last few weeks in his place is it going to be a situation where Thomas Rawls maybe gets thirty percent of the carries?
2: I I feel like uh, Lynch if healthy would probably get the most carries there like I mean the majority in bigger than the seventy thirty you're talking about like if you get thirty percent of the carries I mean Rawls has been good but Marshawn Lynch I mean you're paying him for a reason they're paying him a lot of money for a reason he's been uh the one of the best running backs in the league for a long time so or for at least since he's been in seattle and uh if he's healthy they're gonna feed him the ball and until he i mean until he needs to come out himself or whatever he if they if he's well able to go i feel like he's gonna get the large amount of carries there.
1: Another guy coming off an injury, Arian Foster. He's been back the last two weeks, still seeing his workload uh, a little bit limited. He, he did see uh, quite a few more snaps in his second week back in week five. Uh, should be probably close to his his usual healthy workload now as we get into his third week back from that groin injury. Alfred Blue is also questionable. Um, you know, even if he ends up playing, I think we're, we're not going to see a situation where Foster, you know, splits too many of those carries. I want to talk about the Cincinnati backfield Jeremy Hill priced at 5700 Gio Bernard who's actually been more productive over the last couple weeks is at 4600 this is kind of a reverse of what happened in this backfield last year right yeah I mean last year it was all Geo to start the year and he lost that job
2: through poor play and I think and uh, Jeremy Hill just kind of took the role and seems to be a reverse of that and the one thing that Gio has in his advantage he's probably the better pass catcher of the two so that definitely helps when you're playing in a format that has uh that has receptions as a point per reception so that if as DraftKings is a point per reception there that uh having Gio Bernard there with I mean last game I believe that he had uh, about five catches or something he had uh yeah five catches for 21 yards in his last game so it's that's another big impact not only is he able to rush the ball 15 for 80 last game against Seattle uh and he also adds that added element of being able to catch the ball out of the backfield there. So, And the fact that uh, Jeremy Hill has kind of seen a, a dip in playing time because of his uh, resurgence there for Bernard could be, make him another value play again this week.
1: Another backfield situation that we're keeping an eye on is the Kansas City Chiefs. As we mentioned, Jamal Charles done for the year after that ACL tear. I am thankful that this was not one of the gruesome ACL tears you know we saw what happened with uh with Nick Chubb over last weekend and somehow I think he avoided tearing his ACL and that uh, obviously some other ligaments were damaged and and we send our prayers out to him but this is one of those plays that's just kind of it's kind of scary to think that you know you can tear your ACL and you watch that replay and the knee buckles a little bit but you know not something that you know watching that live I didn't think oh no that's a torn ACL you know I thought maybe he just slipped or something but yeah, tough situation for an already struggling Chiefs team. Now they turn to possibly the best name combination backfield in the league. I shouldn't say possibly, definitely Charcandrick West, uh, who may or may not be a Pokemon, and Niall Davis. Which of these guys do you like, or are you going to avoid this until we really it really becomes clear um, you know, who's going to be the number one guy here going forward? Yeah, I mean, Andy Reid generally likes to go with a uh, uh, single back,
2: but... It seems like for now from what I've seen, it seems like they might go with a uh a what's the word for it? The uh running back by committee? Committee, yes. Sorry. Committee for running backs. They might they might go by a committee there, at, at least for the time being. So I could see at least for the first few weeks they they doing that and I could see whoever becoming whoever ends up being more productive, I could see them end up going with more of a hot hand approach and taking because uh, Reed does generally like like as Jamal Charles, he rarely ever came off the field. Obviously, neither of these guys are Jamal Charles, but if one of them ends up being more productive than the other, I could see him like going more with just one running back in the future and going with the straight system. I mean, now Davis last time was that guy, but uh, from what I saw, they they compare. He thinks that uh West is a little more comparable to what Jamal Charles is. He's able to catch the ball of the backfield better than now Davis, but now Davis has also been effective and he's going to be in the rotation for now at least. So right. I would might stick off him to start and then wait to see as it goes on for the couple weeks.
1: Yeah, like you said, I think this is not really a situation where you want to, you know, kind of gamble and just and kind of go in, all in on one of these guys and then kind of let it shake out uh, over the next couple weeks. Niall Davis, I think coming into the year, he was the guy that you wanted to handcuff with Jamal Charles basically in a situation like this. But after Jamal Charles went down in the first half of that game against Chicago last week, I believe, or if it wasn't the end of the first half, it was early in the second. Um, So plenty of game left, basically, is the point. And Niall Davis only had two carries in this game. Charkandrick West finished with seven. He also had a reception. So if you're going to base it off of what we saw last week, you maybe give a slight edge to Charkandrick West. But I do agree with you. I think it might take a week or two before things become a little less muddled there. Duke Johnson, he's at 4,500 this week with Isaiah Crowell questionable. Another situation we certainly keep an eye on is the Jacksonville Jaguars. TJ Yeldon, he's a game-time call this week. who has been a little bit up and down as a rookie, but he did, he did get his first receiving touchdown last week. Didn't have a big game on the ground, but you know, still managed to, to produce some value there. Denard Robinson is going to be back this week after missing the last three weeks with a, or the, an MCL sprain, I should say. Gus Bradley said this morning that if TJ Yeldon is limited or if TJ Yeldon doesn't play, uh, that it's going to be either Denard Robinson or Toby Gerhardt as the featured back. I think this is a, could very well end up being a situation similar to the one that we'll see in Kansas City where both of these guys split the carries and, you know, therefore both of their values are a little bit diminished. And, you know, for what it's worth on Yeldon, he's basically going to be a game time call, like we said, uh, but he did not participate in Friday's walkthrough, which is certainly not a good sign.
2: No, definitely not. I mean he I don't think he practiced Thursday either so uh, hasn't practiced all week. Yeah, so that I mean definitely definitely is trending towards being out of that game and either of those guys I mean I guess it depends on how healthy Denard Robinson is. That'll probably de- um probably also impact how many carries he sees during the game. But yeah, I mean either of those guys um if if they do go with that committee there without Yeldon it it seems like a temporary thing. And I don't know if I'd be willing to go with either
1: of them, especially cause you said they're going to probably go by a committee as well there. Right. Uh, let's move on to the receiver position. I want to start with Calvin Johnson. Basically. I just want to vent about Calvin Johnson. Uh, I, I try to get this out on one of the podcasts once per week, just to, uh, just for my own purposes, I guess. And, once again, he just keeps letting people down. I, and, and you know, it's this, this Lions team, I don't think anybody thought they would start. zero five. I'm not, I'm not suggesting they're a good team by any means, but they're not 0 five team and the amount of talent on this offense. It's pretty embarrassing that they're the only winless team in the NFL right now. Hasn't topped 83 yards yet this season. Um, first time since 2011, that Calvin Johnson has gone five straight games without reaching a hundred yards. Uh, and, and that's all in, in one season. So not a great start for the Lions. Not a great start for Calvin Johnson. There's turmoil uh, in that backfield, obviously with Dan Orlovsky. I think that's just bottoming out, right? If you're benching your starting quarterback and bringing on Dan Orvlovsky uh, and your team's being booed off the field at home, Golden Tate, as he voiced to the media, was not super thrilled by that, uh, which is understandable. But Calvin Johnson's at 7,300 this week, uh, considering you know the letdown that he's been so far. Uh, a reasonable price i think right i mean that's a good 1500 below your top guys like odell beckham and antonio brown yeah was facing that bears defense too which has been generally not great generally
2: so, no so i mean they they might they should still be throwing the ball
1: i mean they their team that has been passed first in the past well so. that's that's what's kind of frustrating about this is you look at the number of attempts you know they're getting into the high 40s i think over 50 in, in one or two games and it's like how is calvin johnson does not getting all these targets. I had a lot of checkdowns. Um, you know, they've been using the tight ends before Ebron got hurt. He was off to a nice start. Um, but yeah, I mean, l- looking at this from a little bit of a broader perspective, I don't think asking you if the lions could turn this around is fair, because I, I think when you start 0 and 5, you really can't dig yourself out of that hole. But is this like already a lost season for Detroit? Or do you think they can, they can get something out of this and maybe scramble to, you know, seven, eight wins. I mean,
2: they could, I, it they, they don't, like you said they do have talent on that team so it's not like they're uh, they should be better than their record uh shows so i mean they're a team that seems better than the record but uh it's not something i mean they don't really have playoff hopes at this point so you're not playing for anything like that i guess it's more just for like pride and for your coach and whatnot but uh i mean they, they they're a team that definitely has enough talent to get some wins out there but uh they shouldn't be
1: a factor in anything at the rest of the way out. Um, no, you know? I mean, you look at the other bad teams in the league right now. You know, you're Houston, basically the entire AFC South uh, as a whole, you know, and half of the NFC South as well. And, like, I just feel like Detroit isn't to that level. You know, you look at the, the weapons in that backfield, the weapons on the edge, um, you know, it with Calvin Johnson and Golden Tate, arguably the best receiving tandem, you know, even in the, in the NFC North. And it, I just think they're that talent on the team, it, they're just not – they're they're a cut above uh some of those those Houston's and Jacksonville's and Tennessee's uh, despite what that record might say but you know I mean if if they if they can't get in the win column one of these next couple weeks maybe I'll have to uh go back on that Alshon Jeffrey he's at 6,400 this week he's missed the last four games um not a guy you probably want to use this week he's limited as of Thursday we're still really not sure what his status is going to be if he plays you know potential for big upside there especially at that price but A pretty risky guy uh right now as we said coming off that injury and a guy who's just really been banged up since the start of the season ty hilton another guy he's questionable with a groin injury um you mentioned that this could be you know end up being a shootout with the patriots and i think it could end up being a very one-sided shootout uh with new england running up the score pretty early (coughs) excuse me but the thing about that is that means indianapolis could be passing a ton in the second half and is that why you like ty hilton
2: yeah, I mean, I kind of like Ty Hilton, but I, I, it's just somebody that, uh, considering it's a late start, um, I might actually avoid him just because of the fact that he's, uh, he has a late start and he is questionable. He could be on, like you were talking about before, a pitch count type thing. Andrew Lux had that injury. They will, they would be passing a lot if they. I assume it seems like they'd probably get behind in this game. I mean, their defense isn't great, and the Patriots' offense can't be stopped really by many right now even uh some of the greats like the buffalo defense but uh, if i mean if he's able to play and healthy enough to just play the whole game he might be worth a risk in some in like tournaments or something but uh he's a guy that might be better off avoiding especially considering he's a, a the sunday night start so there aren't many options if he ends up missing the game you don't have really many options to replace him with
1: Alan Hearns, he's priced at 5000 this week as Jacksonville goes up against Houston in what could be a pretty ugly game uh, as the Jaguars often find themselves in. He's had exactly 116 yards and a touchdown each of the last two weeks, three straight weeks with a touchdown. Uh, still priced down at 5000 though. That's 900 less than his teammate, Allen Robinson. He's at 5900 Both of these guys have been pretty productive and surprisingly productive, uh, even as the team only has one win. Do you really trust this Jaguars passing game, or are you somebody who likes to maybe stay clear of offenses that you really can't trust? I mean,
2: they actually have a quarterback there, finally. That, uh, that They actually seem like have a quarterback there that knows what he's doing, that... No- that uh, could actually lead the team forward rather than kind of leave them stagnantly at where they were at. So, I mean, this, they seem to... Blake Bortles seems to know what he's doing back there, and he seems to be finally one of that, that first-round pick but That's high praise. That he seems to for.
1: know what he's doing. That, that, that's more than you yeah. can say about uh, the, the people that's, that have played the quarterback position for Jacksonville for the, for the better part of the last decade. Marvin Jones, he's a guy that I like uh, for Cincinnati, as we talked about, that go up against a tough uh buffalo defense but priced at 3500 i mean close to minimum price for a guy who's pretty much their de facto number two receiver uh in a very productive offense do you like him at that price i mean they've actually given up
2: a decent amount of passing yards or points to receivers this year so he's he's been on and off so it's a chancy guy there but uh he's a decent option there he's there he's probably their third target maybe out of there i think I mean, that's fair yeah it, behind eifert and and uh aj green obviously those two so it's definitely a chance guy being like if you're going after a third target but uh if the the bengals end up that game's again in buffalo with that potential for rain so i might might stick away from him but i guess it depends on what uh if, if you're willing he, he might be a guy be, that you could fill out your roster with at 3500 if you're looking for somebody. He's, he's been, product, been productive, especially at that price.
1: A couple more value guys that we're looking at. Martavis Bryant, this will be his first week back, was eligible to return from that four-game suspension last week, didn't end up being activated, sounded like he had a minor uh, leg issue. But is he a guy that you're willing to, to take a chance on at 4000 or would you rather wait until Big Ben is back uh, commanding this offense rather than Michael Vick? I mean, Vic does throw a
2: good deep ball, and Martavis Bryant's a decent guy for that. But uh, offensively, the the Steelers have been different with a lot less, a lot worse without uh, Big Ben, and especially passing wise, he hasn't really Vic hasn't really done much passing for the most part. So I probably need to wait on that till Ben comes back because I I just don't trust Mike Vick under quarterback as a passer. He's a great guy to sometimes have in fantasy because of his rushing potential, but it definitely, he's a guy that doesn't, he's not going to throw for 300 yards in the game. So that's probably going to limit the value. So Chris
1: Benzine guarantee Mike Vick will not throw for 3,000 yards this week. Oh, 300 oh, 300. He's <laughs> definitely not, he's 3, not throwing for 3,000 He's not throwing 3,000 either. I would be comfortable going with that. Um, Jalen Strong, he's a minimum price guy, uh, 3,000 two touchdowns last week one of those came on a a hail mary at the end of the first half so you know maybe take that number with a grain of salt but at three thousand dollars is he a one week wonder i don't think yeah he hasn't really
2: seen many targets coming into that so i i just i wouldn't trust going with him he hasn't really done anything outside of that game and the only thing i mean made a couple catches he has two catches for two touchdowns that's pretty efficient but extremely uh, (laughs) efficient
1: literally could not be more efficient
2: but uh i don't know if uh he's doing enough to warrant taking him even at minimum price i don't know if he's done enough there that i would be Wanting to take him at that price. All
1: right, fair enough. Last guy I know you want to talk about a little bit, Ty Montgomery. He's priced at thirty, five hundred. Had a touchdown last week on that first Packers drive, looked like a broken coverage, but a touchdown's a touchdown. Randall Cobb sounds like he's going to play in this game. They've been listing him as questionable every week, you know, still with that shoulder issue from the preseason. James Jones likely to play. Devontae Adams completely up in the air. And the Packers have a bye week next week. So I don't, I don't personally think Devontae Adams plays. And if he does, I think he'll be limited. I think with that bye week coming up, you just give him that extra week to recover. If Devontae Adams does sit out, Ty Montgomery at 3,500 could be a pretty attractive option if you're just trying to fill out uh, the last spot in your lineup.
2: Yeah, I mean, like I said, like you said, uh, he's been. Montgomery was good last week, four catches for 59 yards and a touchdown. And that was because the, he, he played again because Devontae Adams is out. Right. And if he's out again this week. That I mean he'll the Packers run a lot of three wide receiver sets
1: and he would be that third receiver. So uh when he did that last week in what was a really down game for Aaron Rodgers, you know, and and hats off to the St. Louis defense for the job that they did. Um but you know, I think I think you really aren't gonna expect another game like that out of Aaron Rodgers. And you know, if he's a little bit more efficient and the volume is there, then there's more potential for time Montgomery to put up fantasy points. Let's finish out with the tight end position now. Mercedes Lewis, not the top salaried guy this week. It's just tough to believe. Um, Rob Gronkowski, though, is the number one uh, salaried player. Surprise, surprise. That's been the case all year. He's at 7,600, which is 2,100 more uh, than the number two guy this week, who's Greg Olson. And we know what Gronk brings to the table. We don't really need to talk about him. But Greg Olson and the Carolina Panthers travel to Seattle this week so Olsen and Graham number two and three in terms of price on DraftKings they're facing off against each other is there one that you like more than the other
2: I would probably go with Greg Olsen in that matchup because Jimmy Graham as we've seen he's just inconsistent targets in that offense and just not enough week-to-week production to make him uh, as much of a viable option as I would go with with Greg Olsen who's Really, the biggest target for Cam Newton, probably for the most part. I mean, he he did only have two catches for 28 yards against the Buccaneers, which seems surprising. But uh, in general, I'd be more willing to put my trust in that guy, in him. Yeah, over, no no disrespect uh,
1: to Ted Ginn or, or Philly Brown, of course, on the Road to Wire DFS podcast. Tyler Eifert uh, exploded. We have here for eight catches, 90 yards, two touchdowns last week. Um, a guy who's really broken out over these first couple of weeks. And he's been a big part of the reason that the Bengals are five and zero. Do you like Tyler Eifert? Is he? I mean, we've seen him kind of go up and down in terms of production. You know, he had a big week one. Uh, was okay weeks two through four, and then you know exploded again like we said in week five. Um, you know, he's priced still at the, as a number five uh, below Gronkowski, Olsen, Graham, Travis Kelsey. So Eifert's at forty nine hundred you know, he's not going to reach that type of Gronkowski production most likely um but when you're paying you know almost $3000 fewer uh or f- $3000 less I should say than Gronkowski I think he's not a bad option uh, I think you could almost say that's a discount
2: yeah i mean he's got a high ceiling which is that's something sure. that you want in in a a player that you're taking in daily so he's he's another like we said i said before him and AJ Green are really the two biggest targets in in the passing game so uh he's a guy that I, again could see going off if the weather is good enough to be able to pass the ball consistently um that but yeah i mean he's he's definitely a guy that ha- he has the potential to put up a dud for you but he also has that potential to put up a big game
1: again just as he did last week all right a couple more guys we'll talk about real quickly gary barnage he's at 4600 20 catches for 319 yards and three touchdowns over the last three games uh obviously he had that that leg catch. So he not only does he catch footballs with his hands, he also catches them with his legs, and that's a pretty big advantage. You don't really see that too often. Are you a believer in Gary Barnage? Yeah, I mean, I I want to believe in
2: him, but uh he's facing the Broncos defense has been one of the best this week and and I mean he's a guy he's a guy that still seems hard to believe in with Josh McCown as the quarterback, but the fact that he's a tight end and McCown can he's kind of like a safety net kind of guy for McCown to throw to I mean he's a guy that McCown is heavily targeted so I could see that being the case again against the Broncos but it's just a question of if he'll be able to complete those passes because that Broncos defense has been very good this season so well said
1: they have been they have been quite good and I think this is a matchup that you don't necessarily love uh, with Josh McCown lining up under center for Cleveland Uh, I think this could be a a long day for Cleveland very easily. You know, if the Denver defense kind of jumps on them early, things could get out of hand. But Gary Barnage, I mean, a guy who, like we said, has really burst onto the scene. Not much to like in that receiving core, uh, but he's he's been a, a lone bright spot, I guess, uh, for that offense. Julius Thomas is priced at four thousand this week. He made his season debut and his Jaguars debut in week five, only had two catches on three targets for 20 yards a little bit disappointing considering the production we've seen from him after the last couple years in Denver I don't love him right now in this offense uh, his replacements Clay Harbor and Mercedes Lewis through those first four weeks uh, in Jacksonville really didn't rack up many targets they didn't rack up a lot of yardage obviously Thomas is a better player than them um, but it sounds like you know it looks like Blake Bortles has, has been targeting his receivers a little bit more Alan Hearns Allen Robinson putting up big numbers but Thomas just you know kind of being ineffective, so I would wait another week, I think on him you know maybe allow him to get a little more integrated into that offense. The nice thing is he's in good shape uh you know coming off a hand injury he wasn't you know wasn't limited as far as what he's able to do conditioning wise um but I think I would wait another week on him. do you feel the same way going up against that Houston d yeah, probably I mean he's a guy that they' they
2: paid a lot of money for him so they probably want to get him involved in that offense so when he does get involved I mean I could see with with how good Blake Bortles, Blake Bortles has been, it's just kind of another weapon for him to have, at least. So I could see him eventually getting there, but I, again, like you said, he is only in his second week back from the injury. So it's I mean, it might be worth just waiting a little bit on him just to see if uh, to see if he does end up being more a bigger part of that offense. Although, in daily, sometimes being a predictor ahead of people, if if you That's believe if you believe he's going to be uh, a big part of that offense this week. He might be a discounted price at four thousand. Right, it might make him worth a pickup in like a tournament or something. That if you want to take a chance on him, it's a guy that with Blake Bortles does throw the ball a lot, a lot of passing yards. So you could, he could end up having, you know, if he gets in the end zone or anything
1: like that, he could have a good week, especially at yeah. four thousand. So, all right, yeah, that's all we have uh, for NFL value plays. You got anything big going on this weekend? Nothing huge, but uh, I think you're. You're heading out here pretty soon. I am huh? actually, yeah. As we as we record around 12:30 here on Friday, I'm about to get this edited, get this posted, and get the hell out of here. I'm I'm heading to South Bend for the USC Notre Dame game this weekend, so I'm very excited for that. I was a lot more excited a few weeks ago when this looked like it might be a, a top 10, top 15 matchup, um, but you know it'll still be a lot of fun, obviously, and you know always a good time to to go watch a game at Notre Dame Stadium. But I'm a little concerned that. You know, I think this USC team can either rally around the Sarkeesian thing or they could kind of collapse internally. So it'll be interesting to see how that one turns out. Um, but, yeah, I'm sure plenty going on with the Badgers playing. It's homecoming weekend here in Madison, so I'm sure there'll be plenty going on. All right, thanks for listening to the Roto-Wire DFS podcast. Uh, you can catch chris and i on twitter you can tweet at rotowire with any lineup questions you might have any dfs questions you might have this weekend feel free to do that good luck in daily games good luck in season long survivor whatever you might be playing whatever you might have anything riding on good luck with that